I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics, where we keep the rationalist community informed about what's going on outside of the rationalist community. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. This is episode number 98. We are recording on December 19th, which is a Tuesday, because somebody was busy last night. Oh, man. So you're probably getting this a little late, uh, but we're not sorry, because it was worth the wait. It was definitely worth the wait for me. <laughs> All right, we're going to start with some follow-ups. Um, Guyana and Venezuela uh, are not at war yet. Um, and they have, in fact, made a uh, met and made an agreement not to use force. They said we're going to work this out diplomatically. Uh, who knows if that is uh, that's actually what's going to happen. Um, I was a little suspicious of this because at the same time, I'm reading other headlines that are like Venezuela urges their uh, their uh, oil companies to go in and drill the oil. <laughs> so I'm like, so are they just going to send in the oil companies? And then when the, the Guyana army shows up and is like, hey, get out of here. They're like, oh, you said we wouldn't use force. Come on. <laughs> uh, it, it would be the Guyana Navy. I was able to confirm that the oil they found is offshore. Okay. It's That's just in the part of the uh, South Atlantic that is Guyan, Guyanese, Guyanan, Guyanan, Guyanan sovereign waters uh, because they control the land area that Venezuela is saying is part of Venezuela. All right. Well, uh, yeah, the, the Guyanan Navy then. They'll be like, hey, what are you doing? We said we wouldn't shoot at each other. Come on. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, still probably better that they made this deal than if they didn't. Yeah, it's definitely a good sign. Yeah, I. so the best interpretation of this I can come up with is someone sat down the president of Venezuela and explained that trying to invade through the Amazon rainforest wasn't actually a very good idea. <laughs> um, but if it wasn't that, then... I'm not super optimistic that this will hold, but hope springs eternal, I suppose. Indeed. All right. Second follow-up. Uh, bad news about our, our report on our, the longevity drugs. Yeah, the one about the doggies that will increase, increase their lifespan, you know? Apparently it was called Loyal for Dogs, which I didn't realize at the time. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's probably bullshit. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate. They're the thing that they they made an end round around end run around the FDA, which I actually always approve of because fuck the FDA. Um, but uh, if you just read what they publish, their charts show that um, bigger dogs live shorter lives than uh, smaller dogs. Apparently, this is a true thing about dogs, which I did yeah. not know. Oh, you said bigger dogs live longer? No, bigger dogs dogs live shorter. Oh, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, and bigger dogs have more IGF, which is a growth factor hormone. Um, that's one of the things that makes them bigger. And so the theory is that IGF is the thing that uh, makes their lives shorter. And therefore, this is it's an insulin-like growth factor. And this drug is going to inhibit that thing. Uh, there's several steps removed here between the causal mechanism and what's actually going on with some inferences that don't necessarily hold. The reasoning is pretty terrible. And it, it, most people expect this to actually not do anything at all. 
which I guess is fine. We can do it to dogs and be like, oh, huh, I guess this actually didn't have any effect at all. And some people are out some money, which kind of sucks for them. But, you know, the whole getting people's hopes up and doing bad science just sets other people back a lot. Remember when there was all that fraud about the uh, Alzheimer's um, papers that set back the Alzheimer's research for a decade? Yeah, I was just thinking. Yeah. Well, see, I, I was just, yeah, I was just thinking, like, this is just that Alzheimer's drug again. Yeah. Where they're like, oh, well, the Alzheimer's patients have all these plaques in their brain. So if we remove the plaques, they'll probably cure the Alzheimer's. Except it doesn't. Yeah. But they were like, well, let's do it anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, probably probably not going to do anything. And uh, that's a bummer. So we, bummer. we were wrong. Also, the FDA's fault, though. Because yeah. this is what sucks about having an FDA that claims that, like, oh, yeah, everything we prove, approve is safe and effective. Is that then when they approve something, people assume it's safe and effective. Mm. Instead of being like, well, uh, I should look into this. And it also makes lying weirdos be the be a much bigger share of the uh, new drug development market. Because, you know, that's one of the ways that you can make money when you have to go through a multi-million dollar uh, approval process to even think about starting to sell things to humans. Yeah. All right. Well, on to new news. Uh, top story, and this uh, just happened, so I don't have a lot of details about this, um, but the Colorado Supreme Court has just banned Trump's name from appear- appearing on the primary ballot because he is an insurrectionist. And they ruled that that would be against the Constitution, the 14th Amendment? Yes, I I believe it's the 14th Amendment that says uh, uh, nobody that uh, participated in rebellion against the United States (laughs) is allowed to run for office, which... uh, Obviously, it was was meant yeah. as a reaction to the United States Civil War. Corporate needs you to find the difference between these two pictures. <laughs> yeah, um, I uh, I kind of think this is the right decision uh, on the I law. Say, it is based as fuck, right? I mean, I think it's not good for the country to have this be the decision, and it's probably it's almost certainly going to get overturned by the Supreme Court. Um, cause it's, it's interpreting a U.S. constitutional provision. So the U.S. Supreme Court's going to have the last word. Yeah. Uh, and they're almost certainly going to overturn it. Why do you think they would overturn it? Because they're a bunch of partisan hacks and they're not going to say Trump's not allowed on the ballot. Oh, okay. They, they're just not going to do it. I, I would, I mean, I agree with you that they're probably not going to do it, but my reasoning would be more along the lines of because they don't want things to descend into more social chaos, and this would probably have that effect. Yeah, I'll give you even odds yeah, that this, this is a 6-3 decision. Uh, hmm. Conservatives versus liberals. This is a case where the Colorado court is right on a strict interpretation of the law, but the Supreme Court will do the obviously smart thing for terrible reasons. Yeah, they're they're definitely going to make a vibes decision on this one. Uh, But yeah, I mean, the Constitution says uh, you can't run for office if you uh, were previously uh, an office holder and uh, committed uh, rebellion. And Trump definitely did that. Yeah. Uh, no question. <laughs> but, uh, you know. The, the, I mean, there's just, there's not much else to say about this except, wow, 
huge balls on these guys. Glad to see it. Yeah. Not going to happen, though. Yeah. I mean, but if it, I mean, if it does, I mean, on the off chance it does go to the Supreme Court and they uphold this. I mean, that's it. Trump's done. He can't. This is, you know, this is this is about the primary ballot in Colorado. But a decision that says, yeah, Trump engaged in insurrection and can't appear on the ballot. I mean, that's going to apply everywhere. I are they going to try to, like, get to this case quickly? Probably. Because usually things take a while to go through the Supreme Court, but the primaries are coming up in a few months. Yes. Well, one of the things I was able to read in like the five minutes I had to review this opinion was that the they issued a stay on the opinion. Mm-hmm. And said, um, you know, the stay applies until uh, January 4th when the Secretary of State has to certify the ballot. But if it's been appealed to the Supreme Court, then the stay lasts until the Supreme Court decides. Oh, so he's probably going to be on the ballot yes. regardless. So either okay. way, he's probably going to be on the ballot unless by some miracle, the Supreme Court either hears this case quickly or declines to hear it. Ne- hmm. Definitely neither of which is happening. Yeah. I mean, you don't think they'll grant emergency cert here? No, I think they will. It seems like an emergency, sir. Oh, okay. I but I, I don't think I don't think they'll have a decision before January fourth. Okay, gotcha. I and mean, maybe they will, but the decision's going to be like Trump gets to be on the ballot. <laughs> By the time they come out with a decision, it's going to be after the primaries anyway, most likely. Yeah. God. When is Super Tuesday? Uh, I don't know. February. That sounds right. Let me check. Super Tuesday, twenty twenty four, March fifth. March fifth. Oh, election season. That's going to be fun. Hmm. It's it's actually is going to be kind of fun, isn't it? I mean, only for people who no have no, it's not, <laughs> or people who enjoy suffering a little bit. We get to report all about silly season. No, mm. Inyash, this isn't the kind of suffering that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Watching uh. everyone you know degenerate into mindless animals. No, thank you. Yeah, it's fair. That sucks. This is the second podcast now that I'm going to have to say uh, suffering is bad. <laughs> All right. Next story. David, the F is going on in the Suez Canal. Uh, good question. Not a whole lot, actually. But isn't there supposed to be stuff going on in the Suez Canal, like international <laughs> shipping? Yes. In fact, if uh, we're counting international shipping as stuff, then there's much less stuff going on in the Suez Canal uh, womp, than is normal. Womp. Because just outside the Suez Canal in the Red Sea, there's a lot going on. Uh, specifically, the Houthis, a rebel group based in Yemen, have taken to lobbing ground-to-ship missiles at passing merchant traffic. Ooh, merchant ships hate that. Yeah, they really, <laughs> really do. Have they sunk any? Yes, several. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Uh, oh, hang on. I thought they had managed to uh, shoot down a lot of stuff and like one or two got damaged, but nothing had sunk. It's where all your Christmas presents are, at the bottom of the Suez. Damn it. Or I suppose the bottom of the Red Sea. Uh, let's see. Uh, ships under attack. Uh. See, Inyash, this is the kind of bad content that I actually edit out. No, that's that's fair. We don't need this gonna go find a video uh, game Unity to play explorer was hit by a missile while responding to a dr- distress call um uh no casualties no sp- no significant damage so yeah looks like it was really scary but no ships actually sunk okay at least as of the posting of this article like uh 16 days ago all right but a bunch of companies, I think most shipping companies, have stopped using the Suez Canal, right? Yep. And now they're all going around Africa. 
Mm-hmm. What's the uh, what's the cape at the end of Africa? Uh, cape of Good Hope. Good Hope, yeah. Oh, that adds a lot of time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember when the uh, Suez Canal got shut down while the container ship was dislodged? I do remember that. Yep. Uh, that's, that's bad. That's, uh, I don't even know how many trillions of dollars of shipping annually. A lot. All right. Well, when inflation ticks back up, uh, we know why. You hear that, Fed? You don't need to raise rates again. It's just supply shock. Okay, Fed? So, uh, how, who, not who, why are the Houthis doing this? Because uh, they're assholes, and Iran is giving them the missiles and drones they need to do it. And because of the Israeli... But, like, why do they uh, think Palestine they're doing conflict? Yeah. I uh, Maybe, but, like, why, why attack non-Israeli ships taking shipping to slash from non-Israeli countries? Is it just like, well, this is Western decadence? Yeah, probably. There's some kind of, like, I don't know, religious reasons? Uh, yeah, so their official slogan is, God is the greatest, death to America, death to Israel, cursed be the Jews, victory to Islam. <laughs> nice. And that, and and they think the way to do that is sinking container ships? Evidently, yes. All right. Um, so what's, uh, what are we doing about this? Well, the, uh... U.S. Navy has announced Operation Prosperity Guardian. Prosperity Guardian! This is also fairly late-breaking news, so we don't know exactly what it's going to entail, other than a combined task force of uh, several different company, uh, or, uh, countries' navies uh, going to the Red Sea and one would hope kicking the shit out of Houthis, but possibly just providing air cover for merchant shipping. So um, I'm pretty sure that they're mostly providing cover and not at all engaging the Houthis because uh, Biden said they do not want to escalate the ground war there into a greater regional conflict, which I think is a very good stance, actually. Um, I mean, uh, uh, what is air cover if not shooting at the bad guys from airplanes? Um, it, no, it, no, it's shooting at the bad guys' drones and missiles from a boat. Yes. Oh. Or from boats. So it's like inter- the interceptor missiles? Yeah. Yeah, they're specifically not going to uh, be sh- shelling or shooting rockets or anything at the people on the ground that are using the ground-to-ship missiles. Well, that's stupid. Yep. Is it? Yeah, yeah, we should kill those guys. Yes. I mean, in theory, yes, but in real life, there's the... The problem of escalating into a greater regional conflict, which is a bad thing. Yeah, but in real life, teaching people that shooting at unarmed merchant ships is a good way to get uninstalled is a good thing. Yeah, you you say that as if that would be the consequence of what happens, as opposed to several other countries in the region getting pulled into this thing, and the whole thing getting bigger, and possibly other larger powers intervening like this. But who's going to get all pissed off at us for shooting at Houthis that are shooting at us? Iran. Do they even care? Okay, well, I I mean, they are... They are almost certainly the ones supplying this hardware to the Houthis. But do they admit that? Which we know because they now have an air force of extremely comically outdated Iranian aircraft. But I assume they're, Uh, like, doing that on the DL. Yeah, probably. And aren't going to be like, oh, you're shooting at our buddies, the Houthis. How dare you? They're going to be like, oh, man, oh, good good thing someone's taking care of those terrorists, right? They're also currently in uh, Yemen, like, in the... 
within the borders of Yemen, uh, which would be a bit of an in violation of Yemen's sovereignty. Like, Yemen would get upset by that, and Yemen has some allies in the area. Would Yemen and get I mean, upset about that? Because these guys are also the enemies of the Yemeni government. They are, but yes. unless we, like, specifically first ask permission, or like, hey, Yemen, can we help you take care of this problem? Uh, then that that looks very bad that we're violating their sovereignty. And if we are asking Yemen, hey, can we help you with this problem? Then we are getting involved in a greater regional conflict. But, again. like, are you under the impression that the United States cares about territorial sovereignty if people are shooting at us <laughs> from there? I don't know. The yeah, whole thing and is... and also, like, sure, the U.S. has a very long and very recent history of getting deeper into this stuff than they need to. So just from probably actually going to happen (laughs) standpoint, you're not wrong. But also we could just lob some ship-to-surface missiles at the uh, surface-to-ship missile launchers, and then, like, no one in the region has even remotely close to the capability to actually take on a U.S. carrier group. So we could just do that, and people could get mad at it at us, and then what are they going to do? Swim out to the carrier and bang on the hull with rocks? And we got a lot of military bases in the area. It's not like the carrier is the only target that they could retaliate against. Uh, all right, dude, but, like, they're shooting at us. It's, like, yeah. totally legit to shoot back. I mean, I agree. I just think there's multiple considerations to the issue. Yeah, but I don't think any of them are like, yeah, we should just, you know, not bother shooting back. Like, legitimately, something should be done, but just saying, let's go in there and, you know... And guard that prosperity. We yeah, don't yeah. need to go in there, though. We can just shoot missiles back. Yeah, from okay. from the from the water or the air. All right. I think that uh, they would consider that going in there because you are sending missiles into their land. Well, I reiterate, they're welcome to think whatever they want. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to other people doing stupid stuff. Yay. Uh, this time, it was a bunch of Ivy League presidents. Um, so, so Congress issued some subpoenas uh, for the presidents of, uh, let me see, it was Harvard, uh, MIT, uh, and the University of Pennsylvania. To come and be like, hey, guys, let's talk about the Jews. <laughs> um, and the the clip that went viral is this uh, congressperson being like, so uh, calling for the genocide of Jews to violate your bullying and harassment policies. And they're all like, well, maybe, you know, it's context dependent. And uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but uh, people did not like that answer. I did hear something about that. Yeah. Um, the no, thing is, though, they're completely right. They are I mean, completely they, right. They said it in the least articulate, least impressive way possible, but they're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, if I say, uh, from the river to the sea, Palestine is uh, whatever. Palestine shall like- <laughs> be Arab, which is the actual translation. Yes. Yeah, that's the one. Um, just, like, alone in my shower... That's not bullying or harassing anyone except myself, and possibly Gray. But well, no one cares if you bully Gray. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, Gray might, but... But who cares about that guy? I, um... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually on the side of the, the university presidents here, specifically because as soon as the Congress lady asked, uh, you know, 
what is this is this considered harassment of your policy yes or no like anytime someone leads with yes or no i'm like this is not a good faith question fuck you um but see i disagree the more you listen to it, the more she's just she's just there to yell at people. She does not want an answer. She says near the end of the clip, like, this is the easiest question in the world to answer yes to. Like, honestly, the best thing they could have done would just been say, what answer will you accept? Oh, you want me to say yes? Yes. You know, like, make it very clear that a woman with immense amounts of power who commands men with guns wants them to say the word yes and therefore they will say the word yes under duress and instead they completely fucking flubbed it and they're like well i mean like no just fucking stand up for it she's threatening you with the power of the government you're gonna be like fine everyone can see i am being threatened do you want to hear the words yes i will say the words yes yeah i mean look they they were could have gone about this better but i think the real issue here is that everybody knows that if it was any group but Jews, the answer would have been yes. We've spent, yeah. you know, the past decade seeing example after example of like, oh, you misgendered a trans person. That's harassment and bullying. Like, oh, <laughs> you had you said something like mildly racist. That's harassment and bullying. Uh, and you're in trouble now. I agree with you completely. I just hate the way that congressperson went about it, and fuck her in particular. Yeah, so this reminds me... I don't disagree, but also, like, these presidents were being called to testify before Congress. They should have known and been prepared for exactly this kind of bullshit. They were! This was the answer they prepared. That's even worse. Yeah. If you prepare an answer and it's this bad, what the fuck are you even doing? <laughs> well, that's why at least one of them resigned. For once well, in my life, I agree was, with David. That was less because of this and more because, you know, she plagiarized her dissertation. <laughs> Did she? Yeah. Oh, hilarious. Oh, Ivy League schools. Yeah. Uh, but so I'm saying this reminds me of every time a uh, a white kid gets uh gets in trouble with the law and the judge is like well he had a promising career you know he's 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 pretty he's been a good kid up till now i don't want to ruin his life and everyone's like oh you should have given him a super long sentence like you do to all the you know the black kids mm-hmm. um and it's like no no this was the correct outcome what you should be yelling about is that the other side should get this kind of treatment too right um you know, people with you know less uh, popular bigotries should also <laughs> be entitled to free speech. Um, this is the correct policy for speech on campus. Kids should be allowed to say dumb shit and it's not harassment or bullying unless, you know, they're harassing or bullying somebody. If they want to give a political opinion that makes people upset, they should be able to do that. Uh, and it should apply to, you know, genocide of Jews or, you know, other protected classes yeah yeah no i don't know so like i feel like it is kind of an edge case if people are out there like kill all the jews um i i I don't know about that i feel like that might be that might actually be uh kind of harassment if they're if they're screaming that at everybody yeah Mm. and like the the case where uh the jewish students had to like lock themselves in a library for several hours while oh yeah quote unquote protesters were banging on the doors and windows yeah that was definitely bullying and harassment by the strict legal definition of the term yeah that's uh several common law torts 
Uh, but just saying, like, you know, I don't think Israel should be a country. Um, you know, technically, may, may probably falls into the the UN sanctioned definition of genocide. Uh, but also, I don't think is harassing anybody. I this is this is exactly why I hated that that Congress lady's question. It's like she's not asking is having Jews hiding locked in a library while people banging on it considered harassment because obviously it is. She's like asking this weird esoteric question where and uh, demanding an yes or no question uh, answer where the only correct answer is like, well, it really does depend on what the fuck is happening. And I just I cannot believe that these the presidents are so bad at answering that question. How could they what how is this possible? Um, I don't know, man. Well, the the cynical answer is they were themselves diversity hires and therefore not very good at their jobs. There's no way that the president is a diversity hire. Um, I mean, we have a Supreme Court justice that was explicitly a diversity hire. You're not wrong. So I uh, I feel like it's not too too uh, uh, too much of a stretch to think that the president of Harvard was. However, you know, uh, just because someone uh, is a diversity hire, I, I don't think. Uh, you know, might mean Doesn't they're, make they're bad, right? Like that means they weren't the result of a search, legitimately trying to find the best candidate. But that doesn't mean that they found a bad candidate. Like I, I don't know in, how. In general, in general, yes. But at this point, I'm willing to call these two or three being bad candidates. Yes, but I don't think that's because they were diversity hires. I think it's worse than that. They were probably hired for having like some dumb shit ideology. Like, they specifically looked for people that believed dumb things. Mm. Mm, also a possibility, yeah. Uh, so that, that, I, I, my guess is that's the defect in the hiring process. Not that, like, oh, well, we want, you know, black women. All right. Uh, any more comments on these uh, Ivy League presidents that don't know what the hell they're doing? Fuck mm. everyone involved in this story. All right. <laughs> well, speaking of people who need to get fucked, let's talk about Forbes magazine. There were... Two ways you could have uh, taken that introduction. <laughs> Wes would have gone, or Inyash would have gone with the other one. But fortunately, this is your story. <laughs> All right. So there is a Twitter account that goes by Based Beth Jesus, which is a a an effective accelerationist account. Which uh, these are the people who are Inyash's mortal enemy, who want to accelerate. All uh, technology, uh, including AI, and think you AI doomers are all stupid. So specifically, the they are very much in. Yeah, technically, yes, they want to accelerate all technology. But the thing they're all about right now is accelerating AI. Like everything else is a backseat, and uh, they only exist because of the AI question. Yeah, which is why they are my mortal enemy. Yeah, they're talking like, about okay. AI because no one else. Because there's not a lot of other technologies where people are like, we shouldn't accelerate this. Right, exactly. You know, except for biotech. But I, they don't talk about it a lot, but I imagine there are approximately zero EACs who would be not on board with abolishing the FDA. Fair. Um, so the story here is that Forbes magazine has revealed the identity of based Beth Jesus <laughs> um, is, as part of some just, you know, expose they did about him. Uh, and they did this by, um, you know, they, they had a, they had a bunch of different evidence. But then once they found the guy who they thought it was, confirmed it by doing forensic analysis on his voice because he appeared on a few podcasts. 
Uh, so, and then, like, just printed his name and was like, here's who he is. Um, and, you know, I think, uh, personally and as a community, we're pretty against that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. So, uh, yeah, Forbes can get fucked. Yep. Is what I'm saying. Also, I don't know if they actually used deep learning for the forensic analysis, but if they did, that would be hilarious. The AI doomers using AI to dox an AI bloomer. Did Forbes even have any sort of excuse for this? Like, it looks like it was purely Uh, just retaliation. Yeah, their uh, excuse is that it wasn't doxing. What? Doxing is a form of often gendered harassment where the specific details of women online is are posted and beth jesus is a guy so it's not doxing that can't possibly be what they said that is an almost verbatim quote from the forbes article um, all right I, I need the actual quote now because i okay it's i don't doubt that that's possible but i can't i can't in good faith not get an actual okay quote. here's the actual quote Revealing the name behind an anonymous account of public note is not doxing, which is an often gendered form of online harassment that reveals private information like an address or phone number about a person without consent and with malicious intent. Um, uh, it's not quite saying, well, he's a dude, so you can't dox him. Um, but I think they're saying it, it doesn't count if you're not giving their address or phone number. Which, well, uh, first of all, that's a fucking lie. Well, I think <laughs> actually originally that's what doxing meant, but that was like 20 years ago. Right. So they, they just said we can randomly dox people because we are using an old definition of doxing and that makes it okay. Well, like, Just because you're using an old definition of a bad thing does not mean it's not a bad thing. Well, Ineash, I mean... They, whatever you want to call it, they revealed a dude's identity. Right. As a retaliation for, I guess, not liking his politics? Well, the official position among journalists is this is good, actually. Why? What? How? Well, because, because journalists are evil. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, there was... I mean, you remember the Scott Alexander article? I do, They were just like, at- well, we don't... I mean, there's a compelling reason to reveal his identity here, but that's you know that's our policy we just do that uh and that's that's not that's not unique to the new york times clearly my my heart just broke a little bit again i guess you know journalists they don't like why do you have any expectations of journalists at this point but like broken heartedness comes from broken expectations this is a case where your expectations are just flat out wrong get better expectations yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, I was surprised by the Scott Alexander thing because I didn't realize that journalists were just like, no, no, we don't have to have a reason. We, we just do it. But, you know, th- I learned that then. And so this was not surprising at all. I I guess I just assumed Forbes was better people than New York Times. Well, that they're was not. very silly. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> next story. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to bring everything down by being such a fucking... What is it? Quaka? <laughs> um, yes, a quaka. By being such a quaka again. All right. What's this about Epic Games? Epic Games was upset at Google Play because Google Play was like, you can only sell stuff on Android through our app store and we're going to take a huge cut. And I'm actually also salty about this because I use an Android and I cannot buy anything on my Kindle directly in the Kindle. Is this uh is this the Fortnite case? Is Epic make Fortnite? Yes, I believe this is the Fortnite okay, case. Okay, yeah, I heard about this. They're pissed off um because 
not just because they have to sell it through the the Google Play Store, but because mm-hmm. Google takes a cut of all their like in-app purchases. Yes, I, I was getting to that part too. Yeah, but okay. yes, yeah, um, they, they take a cut equal to what the Google Play Store takes, uh, which is I believe thirty percent. Yeah, that was the number I heard. Although that might have okay. been the Apple Store, but Google might do the same thing. Yeah, I believe they're the same thing, and. I, I don't know. I, for one, think it's bullshit that I somebody can't just sell something through their app without Google being like, oh, I'm taking 30% of everything, but I don't know. I'm not a legal expert. But fortunately, the legal system agrees with me now because hey. uh, when, Ep- <laughs> when Epic Games sued Google, a jury came back and found Google guilty on every single count of being an illegal monopoly uh, and forcing everything to go through Google Play and Google Play billing. And taking 30% of that, which is... <laughs> the headline is Epic Win. Yes. Which is great news for both Epic Games and consumers and anyone who wants to sell things on Android. I, I'm a little weirded out by this. Oh, first of all, Google has to pay, I think, over $630 million to the American consumers uh, for damages. I'm not sure how many millions or hundreds of millions they have to pay to Epic, or if that's a separate amount. Uh, Google's getting hit by a fuck ton for this. But, like, the same... Epic also sued Apple for the same thing, because Apple does the exact same thing. And that one got thrown out by a judge, where the judge was like, no, th- there's nothing here. So now we have this weird case where it applies to Google, but not to Apple. And also it seems to apply to Google because in Discovery they found they found things where Google employees said to each other, yes, we're literally doing this because we want to be anti-competitive monopolists and take rents off all transactions going through <laughs> our app. <laughs> I mean, not literally those words, but it was basically like, yes, we're doing securities fraud on a massive scale. Mwaha. Like, uh, Guys, like, signal. Yeah. Self-deleting <laughs> messages. Not hard. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're but, not wrong. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so it, it was. It, that was the only reason that they had to pay this. Which I kind of think, like, I would like to have the, the the bar set at don't be shitty and take other people's money for no reason, even if you don't have incriminating evidence of you twirling your mustache. Uh, but yes, yeah, so now we're in this weird position. Google has it, but Apple doesn't. Here's a great detail. It says. Apparently, Epic Grant asked for some language in the order for what they're calling an anti-circumvention provision to be sure Google mm. can't, like, do the same thing through some alternative creative solution. And the judge is like, what? We don't do don't break the law injunctions. <laughs> if you have a problem, you can come back. <laughs> Which, oh, it's... I, I feel I feel uh, uh, an affinity for that because that's... I always want judges to put those in my orders, too. <laughs> but I'm like, look, I know you're ordering this guy to do this, but he's not going to do it. So can we put in something that says what happens when he doesn't? And they're usually like, no, just if he doesn't, you got to come back. Yeah, like, it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Just going to keep you coming back. And that's why the court takes forever, because they constantly make you come back for every little thing. And we'll just write an order that says, if you don't follow this, then this happens. Terrible. Terrible. God. Judges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do the don't break the law provision. Come on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's where we are right now. And I don't know. I feel weird about governments interfering with businesses often. So this goes a little bit against my libertarian likey tendencies. But uh, seriously, that's that's some major bullshit that Google was pulling. Hey, in my ideal minarchy, uh, breaking up monopolies is going to be one of the things that uh, governments are allowed to do. Cool. Yeah. I mean, so... My only reservation with this is it would be really easy for app creators to uh, 
set up a system so like you download the app for free and then pay for however you're paying for the app in the app mm. yeah, um yeah. and like Google Play uh, App Store and the Apple Store are providing a valuable service. They're connecting producers who are making apps people want with consumers that want the apps, and they should be able oh, yeah. to make some money from that. Well, so, I don't. I, I think. Well, I think what they should do is be able to charge for stuff sold in their app store, but they shouldn't be able to pre- prevent competing app stores from being installed it, on their phones strongly agree and also they shouldn't be able to take a cut for in-app purchases of games that just seems weird i I get what you're saying that like they can do a runaround where you get the game for free but still yeah i mean i mean if we if we have competing app stores which now that you say that yes that's obviously the right solution then you could just have one app store say hey we'll charge you a higher sticker price but we don't take a cut of in-app purchases and other app stores um doing the opposite and then capitalism sorts itself out yeah and i i didn't yeah. think of this solution by myself that there used to be competing app stores on android I, I remember i once wanted to download an app and they were like oh you sorry you can't get that through the google store you got to get this other app store and they were like all these other apps on there too and i was like oh oh that's cool but uh yeah at some point google shut that down i think so i think that was the anti-competitive monopolistic behavior okay yeah that's yeah. some bullshit yeah all right. Well, speaking of uh, things that are illegal, Texas has uh, passed a new law that is going to be fun to sort out in the courts. <laughs> Texas has made it illegal to, well, they have made crossing the state border illegally a state crime and enabling the state police to arrest suspects and impose fines. Uh, no jail time, I don't think. However, also, it says in the law that they can ship them back to Mexico, although... But Eniash, how would one illegally cross a state border? W- one would do that by crossing the border from Mexico oh. into Texas. Oh, so this isn't, yeah. uh, this isn't um, worried about people coming over from Oklahoma then. It is not. Ah, well. Uh, and this is a problem because this is, I don't know. I don't know how to feel this because the U.S. has said only the federal government has jurisdiction to enforce immigration laws. We are the ones that enforce the border of the nation. And um, Dormant Commerce Clause. On the one hand, I kind of do think that this should be in the federal government's powers and not the state government's. But on the other hand, like it's their state. Shouldn't the state have some control over its borders, too? Uh, no, they shouldn't, because borders are bullshit. hey Well, b- the most base to take, sure. Uh, yeah, I don't have a problem with this. Um, I think if the federal government wants to pass a law that says it's not a crime to cross the border, um, then they can do that, and I think they should be able to overrule Texas. But since they haven't done that, um, then I think it's fine. I think Texas should be able to make uh, their own laws in the absence of of federal legislation on the issue. I don't think the dormant commerce clause is uh, a real thing. Uh, and I don't, and I don't like uh, that. The Supreme court says it is okay. um, on the substance. I agree with David. People should just be allowed to come in, but whatever. So I personally definitely know exactly what the dormant cl- commerce clause is, but for the benefit of our <laughs> listeners who might not, could you uh, give us a quick ELI five? All right. Well, we'll do this real quick because I've done it on this podcast before. But since maybe a few people don't remember my excellent legal explanations uh, from every episode, the Dormant Commerce Clause is an interpretation of the Constitution by the Supreme Court that says that the 
Commerce Clause of the Constitution, the one that allows the federal government to regulate interstate commerce, also has like a, you know, a penumbra to it. That means <laughs> anything that if something is within the jurisdiction of the federal government, um, then then um, states can't uh, pass laws in that area. That, that that's like the job of the federal government, not state governments, uh, which uh, is just seems very dumb to me since the federal government can just pass laws if they want to regulate an, an area. Yeah. I think in the absence of. Of federal laws, uh, states should be, you know, allowed to do what they want. But I'm not on the Supreme Court, so that's uh, that's what we're stuck with. Got to get on fixing that. Yeah. All right. So speaking of dumb court decisions, uh, from Texas, we have a new Texas Supreme Court case holding that the uh, abortion ban of Texas um, applies despite a good faith belief of uh, a doctor that the exception applies. So the the Texas abortion law makes it a felony to perform abortion except in some limited circumstances. And the exception at issue in this case is if the pregnancy poses a risk of death or poses a serious risk of substantial impairment of a major bodily function unless the abortion is performed or induced. Um, that's a pretty that's a pretty narrow exception uh, as far as abortion laws go. Uh, normally it's, you know, life or health of the mother this is like life of the mother or like serious serious injury uh you know so in this case a woman's fetus was diagnosed with something called trisomy 18 which is pretty which is fatal like the the fetus was not going to survive um the mom had some severe cramps went to the er twice and the doctor was like okay this i think this applies for the uh for the abortion exception but because violating the abortion law is a felony and can get you, like, you know, decades in jail and hundreds of thousand dollars in fines, the doctor was like, well, I'm not just going to do it. All right, let's go, like, get an emergency order from the court that says this applies. And the court yeah. is like, meh, we're, we're not going to do that. It's up to you doctors to decide. Huh. So, you, if you've heard about this case, you, the reporting about this has been quite bad. Um, it's a lot of the reporting has claimed that like the the Texas Supreme Court said that the abortion ban doesn't apply here or the the exception doesn't apply here that like she has to carry her fetus to term and what they actually said was like no 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 look we're not doctors um, so we're not going to decide if the exception applies um, that's up to you doctor um, you can perform the abortion if in your reasonable medical judgment then uh, you know it's the the exception applies. The problem with that is that reasonable medical judgment is an objective standard. So any doctor who performs an abortion uh, can get taken to court and can have other expert doctors called as witnesses that say, well, in my reasonable medical judgment, this didn't pose a serious risk of substantial impairment of a major bodily function. Uh, So I think this doctor should go to jail for 20 years. Jesus, but doesn't yeah. So no doctor is going to perform an abortion. Like they're just not going to do it. You, you don't think that trisomy eighteen could easily be defended as like there's no way that this is not reasonable to abort a fetus that has that because like it, it puts the fetus isn't going to survive and it puts the mother at serious risk of other stuff, right? Yes. So you, I mean, but does it propose like a reasonable medical a serious risk to me? of substantial impairment of a major bodily function? Well, I mean, probably. 
But are you willing yeah. to bet your entire life on that? <sighs> that sucks. That does suck. Uh, so this is just this is just more chicken shit behavior from the court. Yeah, and you got to find a doctor who's got like just some serious steel balls just like yeah the courage of his convictions like this is a thing that is important to me and i'm willing to risk my life to a real kevorkian to you know yeah yeah um i do not like this trend of judges being like this has got nothing to do with me you're fucking judges that's your job is to judge things go mm. j- do the judging stop being like meh i don't know why are you asking me because you're the fucking judge that's why why would a judge bitch out like that or punk out like that? I, let, let me go with punk out. Here's the thing about Texas judges. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are elected. So they do not want to allow abortions because then their constituents will get mad and vote them out. Uh, well, they, they also don't want to say like, ah, you have to carry this baby to term um, because then if she gets, uh, you know, if something happens and she dies or gets seriously injured, then they look like assholes. Uh, so they're highly motivated to just, like, stay out of it. Be like, I, I don't want to deal with this. Why is it that we always have to have dead people for any sort of progress to happen? Like, I, I'm just reminded of how, like, in India, they didn't have serious progress on rape laws until a woman was uh, gang raped on a bus and, like, nearly killed and her boyfriend was beat to death. And then they started doing shit. Like, why did you have to have that level of violence and an actual dead body to motivate people to do anything about this? Like, nothing, it sounds like this is just going to keep being an issue in Texas until somebody dies of this sort of thing. Well, the answer, as we all know, is Moloch. God damn it. God damn it, indeed. Um, Now, this story does have a happy ending because the woman was just like, man, fuck Texas, and went to some other state and got her abortion. That's good. Yeah, so Uh, it's it's fine. Full disclosure, when I was reading our outline, I didn't see that items F and G that's this one and the preceding one, for those of you who aren't keeping count at home, uh, were different items. And I thought the story was Texas makes it illegal to cross the state border to get an abortion. Yes, thankfully, they have not yet done that. Uh, But certain towns in Texas have at least made an attempt to make it a crime to drive through them to get an abortion. Uh, No, those 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 local ordinances have not been tested yet and probably will not uh, stand up to scrutiny. But that sucks. But a lot of states are uh, considering laws like that. They're like, well, if you go out of state to get an abortion, that's a crime. Okay, you think uh, the Texas populace would be willing to stand by their abortion law, even if like this mother dies? I don't know, man. I always think that like... this is a like Texas has a total abortion ban. It's not even like a six week ban. It's at conception. I didn't think they'd stand for that, but here we are. Mm-hmm. Wait, so like the morning after pill is illegal in Texas? Probably. Jesus fucking Christ. I don't know if that counts because it hasn't been implanted yet. Uh, I don't know. So I I don't know the actual like details of the Texas law, but it's it's as close to a total ban as you can get. Well, that's unfortunate. Indeed. So, uh, yeah, don't get pregnant in Texas. Yeah, and if you do and you get pulled over in a traffic stop in some random small town and the cop asks you if uh, you're going out of state to get an abortion, just say no. Indeed. So this is just going to be the, the, the state of condition in Texas for, for I don't even know how long that that there for the foreseeable is future, no doctor yeah. is going to say yeah, no doctor is going to say that uh, there's a reasonable medical judgment that this is actually going to do harm to you for 
anything? Like, at what point? Yeah. I guess an endo- endoscop... The pregnancy word gets in... Doesn't... And implants in a fallopian tube. Ectopic. That one... Ectopic. There we go. That one they definitely would. Yeah. So what the Supreme Court said was like, we urge, you know, the Texas Medical Association or whatever to come up with guidelines for this. For like what mm. what applies and what doesn't. Um, but it's... Uh, Again, isn't it's there just, an American Pediatric Association which could make a guide rule set of guidelines like this? I mean, there are many organizations that could. I don't know that the state of Texas is going to recognize them. Okay. All right. Well, we got more, uh, more, more news about assholes. This time it's Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> hey, I thought we were done talking about this chuckle fuck, but apparently not. Uh, Rudy Giuliani is ordered to pay $148 million for spreading lies about Georgia election workers. Two workers in particular. $148 million. Yes, which they will probably never get because it sounds like he's basically broke now. <laughs> yeah, Rudy Giuliani definitely does not have $148 million. Yeah. So I'm somewhat curious as to how they came up with this number. Well, uh, these two election workers were... Uh, here we go. Rudy Giuliani accused them of manipulating ballots, and then they received just tons of harassment and threats and whatever, which, you know, I personally, I'm not sure how big a deal that is, but someone like Rudy Giuliani is used to that level of scrutiny. A random citizen who is just trying to volunteer at their local election thing does not expect to have their life suddenly clusterfucked like that. So uh, I-, I can see how this is a big deal if you're a private citizen. Anyways, the jury found uh, that he had defamed them, and so they got $16 million apiece for that, and then $20 million apiece for emotional distress, and then uh, gave Giuliani another $75 million in punitive damages. So, you know, to make sure he didn't do this sort of, sort of shit again. Yeah, and it's the punitive damages that I'm like, that seems like a lot. Um, I don't think you were supposed to uh, award punitive damages that are, like, higher than your net worth. Because it's <laughs> like, don't... it goes from being a punishment to just being like, yeah, you, like, this is, you know, kind of a farce. You're like, yeah, sure. Uh, 75 million. How about that? Like, they're not going to, he's not going to pay that. It's true, but could you just not ever do any punitive damages for someone who is as broke as Giuliani is? Yeah, I mean, if they don't have the money, you don't have to award punitive damages the the compensatory damages will be plenty to punish him but what if you want the punitive damages there to be a message to other chuckle fucks that are like him to be like hey we could hit you with 75 million dollars if you try this look at what happened to giuliani but like i don't think you need that you could just be like look what happened to giuliani they took every penny he had Mm, it's true like if i get sued they're not going to order me to pay 75 million dollars because i i have no money yeah, it's not like $75 million <laughs> is a small disincentive. Yeah. Or, uh, I, I don't know. I am not a lawyer. But, like, you don't need, like, um, I, uh, it was Fox News who got sued for the same thing. And the punitive mm. damages to them made way more sense. Yeah. They, they were like, all right, well, you're a super rich organization. Um, $75 million for Rudy Giuliani. I mean, maybe he does have that money. I mean, part of, part of a punitive damages case is you do financial discovery although i think the problem here and the reason new giuliani lost this case on uh by default was because he wasn't participating in discovery so maybe they just don't know how much money giuliani has so they're like all right well we'll just order him to pay a huge number the judge found that he shielded evidence of his net worth oh yeah Yeah. so maybe they don't even know yeah so you're uh yeah you're supposed you're supposed to disclose 
your finances in a punitive damages case. So the jury knows how much would be a sufficient punishment. So, yeah, it sounds like it sounds like Giuliani didn't do that discovery. So they were like, all right, well, we'll just do a huge number. So what you're saying, Wes, is you can just not participate in discovery. Uh, yes. And you will discovery lose the case. Discovery is optional. I mean, discovery is optional if you don't care about winning. <laughs> oh, I do like winning. Lots of uh, Donald Trump recently lost a case for not participating in discovery under the discovery is optional theory. <laughs> is this just a thing with people who are around Donald Trump? Yes. Yes. I have the courts. Yes, it Jesus. is. Uh, yeah, that's how that's how Trump's uh, business got uh, its business license taken away. That was by default because they refused to turn over discovery. I mean, I guess if you are going to assert that you do not recognize someone's authority to uh, to have their laws apply to you, you better be able to actually back that up with guns when they try to make their laws apply to you. I break the law. I am the law. <laughs> right. it's, it's Donald Trump's legal argument. It sounds like that whole sovereign citizens thing. Like, I am a sovereign citizen. Your law doesn't apply to me. Like, uh, we got the guns. The laws apply to you. I mean, that's basically the position he's taking in the insurrection case. Uh, mm. And he's he's he's, he's actually been granted um, the the right to appeal that case um, right away because the judge he tried he tried that whole like, well, I was the president, so nothing I do is illegal. I'm immune. And the judge right. was like, no, you're not. Uh, but then gave him leave to appeal, uh, in, in, do an interlocutory appeal. Um, so he has appealed that, and uh, so it might it might end up delaying that case, which sucks. I can I can totally see Trump being like, as the actual sovereign, I have sovereign citizenship immunity. Yeah, right. I'm fucking king. <laughs> oh man. What do you think president means? It means king. Doy. All right. Well, speaking of the actual president, uh, what's Biden up to? Biden's administration has announced that it is going to be setting new policy that will let them seize patents for medicines that are developed with government funding if it thinks the prices are too high. Uh, This is actually based off of a law passed in 1980 that said literally this, that uh, the government can seize patents if medicines developed with government funding are being um, priced at too high of a price point. Uh, no one's ever done anything with it, and this is the Biden administration saying, hey, remember that law from 40-some years ago? We're actually going to start using the teeth in it, maybe. Yes, that um, law yeah. I helped pass 40 years into my congressional career. <laughs> Jesus. You guys, just do prizes. Seriously. Yeah. What? What is this bullshit where they're like, well, if the price is too high, we're just going to take the patent. There's speculation that this isn't actually going to be used because of how fucked it would make all the markets and the it just really the would. chilling well, effect well, on R and D. We all know the uh, government never makes terrible decisions. Certainly no. not ones well, that fuck markets. The way that it would, yeah, fuck R and D over would. A lot of people are saying like, there's they, they wouldn't do this. this. Is a threat. This is to get people to like shut up and adjust their prices by threatening them because if they actually went through with it it's you know it would have far worse effects i yeah that's, hope that's true that's I my assumption know. also i can't see them actually doing it but biden does like to saber rattle about well i might you know maybe yeah yeah i mean i i guess betting that the government I I, won't do stupid stuff is a good way to go broke so i'm gonna take yeah. the other side of this <laughs> <laughs> Also, just in general, the insecurity it introduces into a system to be like, well, I'm the governor. I might step in and do crazy shit at any time. Like, it's, 
you don't want that kind of instability ah, in the your Trump system. strategy. Exactly. Yeah, sounds bad. It does sound bad. But, on the other hand, the prices of medicine is too damn high, so maybe... Yeah, but we have a solution. I, I can see how they got to do something. It's, prize, I know. it's prizes. I know. Or, you know, the they federal government could do buy one. the patents. Or that. You can just do that. You can just say, hey, I want that patent. Sell it to me. I have all the money in the world. Eh, I don't know. Because if, if you find out the government wants your patent, all of a sudden the price is 100 times more, right? Well, no. The price is the present value of the future profits you think you could make from the patent. Which is suddenly 100 times more because the government's so interested in it. All right, but then the government can just say no. Right. But, I mean, that's basically what they're doing here anyway, right? The government's saying, like, eh, we're just going to take it. Well, yeah. That's, and that's the thing that I, uh, I feel like they should not do. They should just, yeah, they should just buy it. It's, it's a weird place to be. I, I think our entire, our entire medical system is kind of fucked, and uh, it would take many, many decades take to unfuck right it. Here. Yeah, I know, right? You heard it here first, guys. We screwed things up in World War II. <laughs> All right, well, what else is Biden up to? Biden is under a formal uh, impeachment inquiry now. The House a voted formal to impeachment go- inquiry. Not just yeah. like the informal one they had going on. Yeah, there we're not we're not doing the uh, we're not doing the bunny suits and um, <laughs> sundresses we've been doing since the rules changed. These are just three piece <laughs> suits, wall to wall. I guess the House was upset that Hunter Biden said he will not testify in closed doors; it all will have to be public. And they're like, "Well, fine then. We're making this formal, official impeachment inquiry." Um, which I don't know, whatever. But also feels kind of weird that it seems like every president from now on is going to be impeached at some point. I, I would actually at this point kind of be surprised if we didn't just default get impeachment at some point for every single president if they had even one house against them. I don't think actually, Biden's it's only the impeached. house that can do impeachment, right? Well, or at least an impeachment inquiry oh, approved. Sure. Yeah. It w- yeah. I would not be opposed to that if not for the fact that they're getting impeached for the dumbest possible stuff. Well, his son was on drugs. That's that's a high crime, right? To have a son that's, who's on it drugs. It shouldn't be. <laughs> I, I'm on I drugs it's right now. To treason, yes. <laughs> and you're someone's son. Yeah. So your dad is committing high treason. My God. ATF, it's just nicotine. No need to shoot my dog. Oh, boy. Oh, but you are addicted to it, right? So you probably uh, shouldn't own guns. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, that's uh, that's I mean that is uh, that is the biggest bullshit thing about this the, the Hunter Biden charges is they're trying to they're trying to get him on this gun charge and it's like well you lied on your application because you said you weren't addicted to drugs which like lying on a form forty four seventy three is America's great pastime <laughs> right also is it literally is it literally addicted to drugs or just uh, have used drugs uh, give me a second I will pull up the exact verbiage because i have been ad- addicted to drugs just off and on for multiple days before I'm like yeah, i'm addicted today i'm not addicted this evening okay i'm addicted again tomorrow right i don't know i've been led to believe that's not how addiction works i think it is no all right you're the one who's been addicted so you know more than me <laughs> he could have been unaddicted for that evening when he filled out that form I'm pretty sure it's not just addiction, though, because of that, you know, you can say you're addicted or not. Thing. No, no, I think it's something even dumber than that. It's like, do you have a drug problem or something? What? I have a drug opportunity. Yes. I, I wouldn't call it a problem. <laughs> I wouldn't say I've been missing work. 
Are you an unlawful user of or addicted to marijuana or any depressant, stimulant, narcotic drug, or any other controlled substance? Hmm. This depends on what you mean by user of. Is nicotine a controlled substance? Um, no. By some definitions, yes, because you need to, like, show ID and stuff to mm. buy it. No, well, but then so is alcohol. Yeah. Indeed. Well, that's dumb. Yep. Cool. Glad All we right. figured that out. Well, instead of dumb stuff... Let's talk about some cool stuff. It's time for happy news. Yay. Good news, everyone. Yay. All right, what, what's our happy news this week? Uh, happy news about LLMs. They hey. have discovered they are doing better than human mathematicians at some mathematical problem. Uh, they it's a it's a set theory game, I guess. Which um, you know what? I'm not a mad- mathematician. I don't know. But a specially trained LLM was asked to write short computer programs that can generate solutions to this mathematical problem. And it did a better job than human mathematicians did and pushed down the lower bound on some aspect of this problem. It does seem like a thing uh, AIs would be good at. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd like, I'm not surprised by this at all. I almost didn't even put it in the thing because this is just something we all expect at this point. Uh, but I... I still, <laughs> I still have some friends who disagree. Um, the the thing the thing that really got me decided got me putting this in here is that it says not all programs that it generates are useful. Some programs are so incorrect they wouldn't even run. But a different program can quickly test these programs, toss out the incorrect ones, and test the output of the ones that do work. And by testing that output, we're able to find this uh, lower new lower limit. Uh, the DeepMind. Oh, this was done by DeepMind. The DeepMind computer scientist that they were talking to said the way we use the llm is as a creativity engine a creativity engine i just snapped that right up because less than two months ago i was again arguing with people who were like yeah but llms can't be creative that is something only humans can do they just steal things that are on the internet like okay they are literally using them as a creativity engine to do math. So the secret is not to argue; is to not argue with those people. They're all idiots. <laughs> I only do it for fun, so it's okay. Okay. Well, as long as it's recreational. Yeah. All right. What's our next happy news? We got a new demo video of Optimus Gen 2. For those who aren't familiar, Optimus is the robot that Tesla is making that is eventually going to replace all humans and uh, sleep with our wives and kill us. So this is this is Gen 2? <laughs> this is Gen 2, So yeah. would you say this is a follow-up to Optimus Prime? <laughs> I would. Good, good. Well I would done. say that too. <laughs> um... Yeah, it's it's a humanoid robot that can walk around like a human does, has hands and does human tasks. Right now, it does them, you know, like a adult-sized toddler. It, it doesn't walk super great, but it walks. It like is very hesitant and a little janky with anything that it does with its hands. Like it literally looks like you would expect a toddler who doesn't quite know how to control his or her own body yet. Do As things. a proud owner of one of those toddlers, I can confirm it's kind of similar. Yeah, yeah, but you know that this is why. It's in the learning phase of its life, and eventually it will become bigger, better, and make laser guns, and then shoot all the humans with them. It also dances like a nerd. <laughs> it's great. It's got a video of it dancing, and it's just like kind of like shaking a little bit, and then like puts its arm up, and then puts the other arm up. But it's it's like watching an awkward nerd dance. How you wouldn't know how nerds dance? You only dance with cool people. I mean, I went to high school. Ah, okay. I take it back. Yeah. All right, and now we have a follow-up happy news. Yeah, last time we um, 
We reported on a UK, the UK version of the FDA approving CRISPR treatment for sickle cell anemia. The US FDA has done that now as well. First ever approval in the US that uses CRISPR on humans as a therapy. Yay, so, CRISPR! Huzzah. Yeah. We're slowly making it to the future. All right. Well, that brings us to troop deployments. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send a soldier out onto the battlefield each episode. And we'll start with David. Yeah, so I was in New York City the week before last for the Solstice Celebration. If you didn't catch our bonus episode, then subscribe to us and listen to us. what are you doing with your life? Um... (laughs) And when I was there, I ate at an Argentinian place that I'm approximately 100% sure was a front for white supremacists. The name was clandestino, the Spanish word for hidden, except except normally this is spelled with as one word with a C, but this place spelled it capital K-L-A-N space D-E-S-T-I-N-O. Oh my god. This is not a coincidence because nothing is ever a coincidence. The Kabbalistic interpretation of the name writes itself, <laughs> Hidden Destiny of the Clan. The logo was an archetypal Mexican villain from a Western movie with handlebar mustache and devil beard, dressed as a 1920s gangster. This was an obvious visual pun about how Mexicans used to undergo good old-fashioned cultural assimigra- assimilation like good immigrants. He was standing in front of the Golden Gate Bridge, which in turn was in front of the Manhattan skyline, an equally obvious visual pun about demographic replacement. You will not be able to convince me I was wrong about this. The food was great. Check it out if you're ever near the middle village and feel like tacos. All right. Thank you, David. Eniash, what's your troop deployment this episode? My troop deployment is that spirituality takes time and you can't rush it. Uh... To be more specific, about a year and a half ago, I had a fairly major personality change and have really been seeking after the feeling of spirituality since then. And I've come to think that what it really is, is a feeling of connection and not just connection, assimilation, becoming part of something that is greater than oneself and greater than any one person could be. Uh, And oftentimes this is used to... Anthropo- anthropomorphize this feeling so like you're like oh i'm part of a greater being and that's god and i think that's bullshit and it's a big failure mode and i'm not going to get into that now but like it doesn't mean that you have to believe in stupid bullshit like gods uh what it does do is connect you to greater trends organizations groupings over time and make you feel like part of something bigger and my personal experience favorite experience with these is generally within cathedrals uh the big ass churches that they made hundreds of years ago uh i'm i know i know everyone here's listening knows what i'm talking about the thing part of the thing about them is that they're just very big in space right like they reach up their massive stone blocks built on top of each other way up into the sky just extending in various directions and it's it's just really big and impressive and well carved but another important thing about them is that they extend in time, deeply into time, that it takes well over 100 years to build any one cathedral, which means that when when you start making a cathedral, you're not going to ever see it completed. If you're one of the people laying those first stones, you know, at best, maybe late in your life, you will get some janky services in a half-finished area that has a tarp slung over it. Like, you are not making a cathedral for you 
ever if you are one of the early people. You are making it for the group of people that you are within and the future generations that will be part of this group. And that's just an amazing feeling to be starting that. And it's also an amazing feeling to be on the other side of that and thinking about your predecessors from 100, 150 years ago that started this knowing they weren't going to get to experience it, but giving you this gift later in the future so that you could experience it. And it makes you want to do things for it too. It's a really great feeling. Um, and I think, I think as rationalists right now, we are working our way through becoming a more cohesive organization because we need social services, we need some level of community. And I don't think it's a good idea to try to speed run to the end because part of the feeling of the spirituality is that this is something that was gifted down the generations. So we are going to be among the generation of people that are laying those first stones and are not going to get to see the inside of the cathedral in our lives, uh, unless the singularity comes soon and lifespans are greatly expanded, which I would love. But uh, we are not doing this for us. We're doing it for others. It is not a surprise at all that people feel senses of awe and want to become one with these organizations that are so powerful they can extend through time. And I think it's a natural human impulse to want to have something powerful like that on your side and be part of it as well. Because the humans who didn't have that impulse didn't make these things and uh, got wiped out eventually by people who did. Anyways, uh, also another big thing in these cathedrals, they always have dead bodies in them if they're worth their salt. If your cathedral doesn't have a dead body in it, it ain't a real cathedral. Get you one that does have one. Um, And those are, again, representations of human lives that are now down to their corpse form and put here and showing you these are the people that came before that did great things. And I am really looking forward to someday in the far future having a rashless cathedral where we just have giant steel cylinders full of liquid nitrogen frozen ancestors and uh, hopefully someday we can bring them back and until then we will look upon them in awe and thankfulness and uh, I hope to be I hope we get there in my lifetime in some in some measure at least a start of it all right thank you Eniash. my troop deployment this episode is that some of you have no experience in the justice system and it shows so there's a certain failure mode among rationalists where we think that because we're good at a lot of things, we'll be good at everything. And it makes sense because rationalism really is filled with brilliant polymaths who are able to understand and perform in complex fields to a, quite frankly, astounding degree. However, this can sometimes lead to overconfidence and an unjustified assumption of competence, especially in fields that we don't tend to have much respect for. The latest failure of this type concerns light cone infrastructure, the company that maintains less wrong and lots of other stuff rationalists like, and two of its leaders, Ben Pace and Oliver Habreka. From what I can tell, two central examples of brilliant polymaths who are good at lots of things. They recently took a foray into writing a journalistic hit piece against a nominally EA organization called Nonlinear. I urge anyone interested in the full story to read Tracing Woodgrain's excellent post, uh, which we'll link in the show notes, about exactly what went wrong here. But the extremely abridged version is that nonlinear consists of a married couple and one of their brothers traveling the world doing, uh, I, don't, I don't know, something EA related. It's unclear what. They hired a couple of assistants to travel around with them and drama ensued. The assistants contacted Lightcone with a number of accusations of mistreatment, including withholding pay, being directed to smuggle illegal drugs, being coerced into eating non-vegan, and other similarly inappropriate things. Ben and Oliver spent reportedly six months and a thousand hours looking into the allegations. 
Except by looking into the allegations, I really mean digging up as much dirt as they could against nonlinear without ever getting their side of the story. This ultimately culminated in a post on the EA forum where Ben laid out all the accusations and endorsed most of them as credible, but included an epistemic status note that he was specifically looking for bad information and people should take that into account. Shortly before publication, Ben showed Nonlinear a draft of the post, and Nonlinear told him that a number of the allegations were exaggerated, taken out of context, or straight up fabricated. Spencer Greenberg also warned them that some of the claims were not true. Nonlinear asked for an additional week to present evidence, but Ben refused and published anyway after correcting one of the mistakes, but claiming there wasn't time to correct others. By all accounts, this post wrecked Nonlinear's reputation in the rationalist and effective altruism community. This past week, Nonlinear released their evidence showing multiple inaccuracies in Ben's post, and that a number of the allegations were, in fact, exaggerated, taken out of context, or straight up fabricated, including, in my opinion, the most inflammatory ones. Guys, this is not how you do journalism. It's not how you do justice. It's how you do rumor-mongering. The absolute, most important, unwaivable, ironclad rule that you must follow when it comes to accusations of wrongdoing is that you must get both sides of the story. People lie. They remember things incorrectly. They exaggerate. They remove important context. Almost every accuser, and especially the ones who are doing it in bad faith, will try to convince you that they have a credible fear of retaliation so you shouldn't get the other side's story. But if you're only getting one side of the story, you're almost certainly not getting the accurate story. To condemn someone, like Lightcone did, without even reviewing their evidence, is profoundly irresponsible and should not be tolerated. Now, sadly, Ben and Oliver, despite being aware of how inaccurate their initial report was, show very little contrition and mostly stand by their decisions. Ben's post is still up, and the only edit is a link to Nonlinear's response. None of the inaccuracies have been corrected, and Oliver has been relentlessly defending Ben's decision to publish before re reviewing Nonlinear's evidence. This is inexcusable. You cannot try people in the court of public opinion, but disclaim all responsibility to give them due process. The entire project of rationalism is about seeking truth, and Lightcone did not employ a truth-seeking process. They employed a process better described as spreading gossip. Lightcone seems to conceptualize themselves as caretakers of the community, and this was terrible caretaking. Contrary to what they may think, a community norm of spreading unsubstantiated rumors is not going to be helpful. It won't prevent the next FTX, which is what they seem to be trying to do. All it will do is ruin people's reputations with no regard for whether it's deserved. Now, it may very well be that nonlinear deserves to have their reputation trashed, but this is not the way to show that, and has predictably confused the issue more than it resolved anything. Now, this is important to me personally because I've been the victim of this kind of rumor-mongering before. I specifically invested in the rationalist community because I didn't think we pulled this kind of bullshit. When I served on a disciplinary panel for a rationalist meetup organizers, I made sure that one of our guiding principles was that the accused must be informed of the accusations and given an opportunity to present evidence in their defense. My hope was that this would serve as an example to the broader community. Seeing how nonlinear was treated here, and in particular, how the broader community cheered it on, has eroded a lot of my trust in the rationalist community, and I'm going to be pretty reluctant to invest more after this. I don't mean to be all... First, they came for the communists about this, but if they can do this to nonlinear, an established organization with millions of dollars, they can damn sure do it to me, and probably you too. Now, I urge the community to reject the rumor mill and insist on actual truth-seeking processes, and if anyone is interested in designing one, my DMs are open. Nice. As a post-rationalist, I am proud to see the rationalist community diligently working to recreate the worst aspects of journalism for future generations. Hey, all right. That's our show for this 
two-week period, a.k.a. Fortnite. Uh, please follow us wherever you follow podcasts. Please leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe on Substack. It's only like five bucks a month. You'll get episodes early. You'll get access to all our bonus episodes, including our entire bonus episode that we recorded at Rationalist Winter Solstice, which was pretty sweet. The back half had some great stuff in it. Um, and you'll get access to our subscriber-only Discord channel, where you can come uh, yell at us about how we're being unfair to Lightcone. <laughs> uh, come back in two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye. If you're a free listener listening to this the day it's released, joy to you on this longest night.